Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti, along with Andrew P. Shea, post-blue-white weekend. First of all, Andy, one piece of business I'd like to take care of. I want to thank you publicly for all the assistance you gave last weekend during our tailgate event. You were a big help making the event a success. So, sir, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Jim. Uh, I'm glad it was successful. It was cool. I'm I'm still a little miffed that the only four-hour window of rain we've seen in two weeks was during the tailgate time on Saturday prior to the blue-white game. And it wasn't just your standard rain. It was like buckets of rain. But it didn't damper spirits, and I, I thought it was a, a great event. So thank you thank you very much, Jim, and it was great to meet all the fans and people and parents and all the people that showed up. Awesome tailgate. It was. It was a lot of fun. Makes me, uh, I can't wait for for the fall to get here. But in the meantime, Andy, it was an eventful week. So eventful, we're going to spend two segments on our news and notes. We'll then do Ask Andy in quarter number three. And then in quarter number four, I'm going to get your final thoughts on the blue-white game. We'll put a yep. bow on that game. So that is our schedule. So let's hit it right away. Let's get right to it. News and notes. It really struck me, Andy, uh, James Franklin, in talking about the portal, we are now in the second portal uh, period right now. And James Franklin, he has remained consistent, says they are possibly looking in the portal for defensive tackles and wide receivers. We've heard that. Uh, before, I'm sure we're going to hear it again. And, you know, the defensive tackle, I'm assuming we all talk about the one technique, that one big guy that they lack there. And at wide receiver, there's a lot of numbers there already, but is he just not happy with what he has there? So I'm going to start with the defensive tackle. You and your 330-pound hammer in the middle. You're you you beat that drum because that's sort of your thing. Like you're like, ah, they, they need wait, one. Wait, hold, hold, hold hold on, Andy. Hold on, and let me just point something out here. I am just repeating what Coach Franklin says. Okay, I didn't initiate it. He did. Okay, I'm reporting the news. Don't kill the messenger. Keep going. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. No, I actually admire it and love it, and I think. In a perfect world, yes. Is James looking for help at the defensive tackle that he sees as viable help of any kind? Is he looking for a 330-pound hammer in the middle? Possibly. Absolutely. But, you know, the way I look at it is, and I know some of them didn't play in the blue-white game and finish off, you know, the the practice season like that. But I still think the quartet of Akeem Beeman, Kazai Izzard, Zane Durant, and Devon Ellis. I think this is a group that the staff really feels can get the job done. I think it's a group. Is it a group that I think think can make this defensive line, interior of the defensive line, an impact position? No, I don't think so. But they are 
they're a group that I think think has shown and will adequately provide Penn State enough cover. Like they'll they're gonna provide enough cover. Michigan will be a huge matchup disadvantage if that's their four guys, right? And it looks like it is. Um, let me ask you this, Jimmy. Do you think this defense, it, it, do you think without the absence of a, a hammer defensive tackle in the middle of the one technique, James is dropping hints, right? You're Don't shoot the messenger. Do you feel this defense as a whole without one? And I think they'll be very good, Andy. Yes, I'm like you. I think that 330-pound guy in the middle would be nice to have, especially when you play certain teams. But I do think it's overstated what happened with that Michigan game. The comment James Franklin made right after the game about being bigger, I don't think he had watched the film yet. That yeah. They were a team, they were outflanked. That it wasn't, I think they were more out of position than they were beaten up by a bigger team. So I think that narrative has carried forward because of the timing of his comment that he made after the game. So that's a very valid point. You're you're not right. He's he's being held, his feet are being held to the fire for that comment. And you're right. I mean it was they were outplayed, outcoached, outflanked, you know, picking out front. And and that game in Michigan Stadium, they were all of them, but yeah, I don't necessarily see this defense as having a hole. I think it would be, I think it would help greatly, but I don't think it hurts them as much not to have one. But we're going to get to see how it all plays out at that position. And the second part of your thing about the wide receivers and, you know, still looking, I I don't think he's unhappy with the position. I don't think the coaching staff led by James is unhappy with the position, but I think through spring ball, how should I put it? He's still open to options. That much is crystal clear, right? Like he, he said that. I I do want to say that don't forget Dante Cephas from Kent State is not on the team yet and is scheduled to come in and be part of the conversation as you move into, you know, fall camp. But I prefer when I'm looking at the wide receiver position and it's still this way and I still think it is, I think the best word to use is unsettled. How's that, Jimmy? Is that a little bit better to say, what's Penn State's receiver status right now? It's still unsettled. I'll I'll take that, um, but I also think it's time for somebody to step (laughs) up. Did Omari Evans step up in the spring game? We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Let's hit a couple more items. Sticking with the portal theme, uh, Jimmy Crist was the first to enter the portal in this segment of it. And as we record this segment, uh, who knows if we'll see more. My, I don't think Jimmy Chris leaving was a big surprise, nor will it have a big effect on the team. It's exactly how the portal's supposed to work. He was passed by by younger players, not going to have a great chance to get on the field. He's going to graduate, have a couple years of eligibility left, and moving on. I'm happy for everybody. But I do want to point out something here. As James Franklin talks about bringing more players in, he's got 87 players, scholarship players on his roster right now. He's got to get that down to 85. So no matter what he does, he needs more outgoing than incoming going forward. Yeah, and I think he knows this. I think 
that coaching staff and they if James is going to do anything well, it's going to micromanage something, right, Jimmy? Like this would be a strength in this part of his football operations department. This is a strength of his. I'm not concerned about the numbers. I don't think they have like, oh my gosh, how are they going to get rid of these other two scholarships or how is that going to play out? He's already got nine scenarios and nine different sets of names and how it plays out. He's already got that all scripted because that's just the level of detail that James is exceptional at. So I think it is. I think the, you know, I think losing Jimmy Chris helps. I mean, he's been there three years. He's going to finish up his third year this spring. I know he played in 10 games last year, but it was all sort of like, you know, clear cut, you know, late game role, I guess is a good way to put it rather than mop up. That's a different term, just calling it potato, potato, but you know, and he, he, learned in the spring that he didn't make any progress whether he got passed or not or he didn't make any progress either way it wasn't going to happen at Penn State because he was clearly stuck in neutral and if you're stuck in neutral right now with the way James and his staff are recruiting and you're a second or third year player you're going backwards for the most part so it, it makes perfect sense and I expect one or two more to come out of this I really do in the next week or two I wouldn't be surprised if one or two more players announced for the transfer portal, particularly on that other side of the ball, not offense. <laughs> well, it, it's going to happen. It, it has to happen, Andy. Yes, you know, if you've got 87 players, there's got to be at least two more. And for every player you bring in, that means another player has to go out. I'm with you. We are going to see more of that. In terms of uh, talent acquisition, Besides transfer portal, let's go to the more primary uh, talent acquisition method is through recruitment. I was really fascinated by the most recent commit that they got, a young man by the name of Donovan Harbor, an interior offensive lineman from, of all places, Wisconsin. How does this happen, Andy, that Penn State gets an offensive lineman from Wisconsin? And by the way, he's uh, ranked as the number one player in that state. Yeah, so it it just kind of makes it in recent years. Penn State won, Wisconsin won, right? Like getting the number one offensive lineman from each other's state, each one's taken one. So they got, of course, referencing Nolan Rucci. Nolan Rucci, yeah, the Pennsylvania uh, from Warwick High School. He went to uh, he went to Wisconsin. So it was like "Eh, that's Penn State on the scorecard, but. When I when I think about I look at his other six schools, Jimmy, that that were among his finalists: Tennessee, Ohio State, Florida, Wisconsin's in there, Oregon, and Michigan. That's that means Penn, he's a pure interior offensive lineman, right? And getting a four star that is a pure interior guy, that's a big that's a big deal for me. He's the second offensive lineman in the class, and that's a great start for Phil up front when they got ten guys in the class. It's, what, April of 2023, the 24 class, and he's got two hammer offensive linemen, including one on the pure interior now, and he's the number one lineman out of Wisconsin. Um, That is what meaning, that's what getting the best offensive lineman out of Wisconsin means. It means you got a pure inside guy for the future. Big deal. I think it is, Andy, and we'll be talking about this uh, later in the show some more. 
and I'm sure throughout the summer, but I think it's also just playing a commentary on Penn State's recruiting and what a role that they are now on. Oh, yeah. They're they're on a big-time role. And you know what? And we could stick with the offensive lineman. Phil Troutwine, the offensive line coach, he's – we have to admit, as, as an assistant coach and as a position coach, he did not exactly get off to a great start. He had this great resume. He is definitely finding his sea legs and has – and he's on a roll. He's really starting to cook in the kitchen. And I think it, it starts with recruiting, but it's bleeding over all, into all other places with him. And that's a really good thing for Penn State. It, it, it really is. Penn State fans have waited for a long time to get an offensive line that they're happy with. That is it for quarter number one. Stick around. We got more news and notes in quarter number two. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. He is Andy Shea. We are going over news and notes in the Penn State football world. And Andy, we finished up quarter number one talking about uh, offensive line recruiting. I want to stick with the recruiting theme here a little bit. I think our summation for the offensive line was Phil Troutwine may have started slow, but he's gaining momentum. At running back, Jawan Sider's just been on fire for years, okay? We know that, especially most recently with Nick Singleton and Catron Allen coming in. 
So running back, we have a great past, a great present. It looks like we're going to have a tremendous future also. In the last week or so, uh, he brought in Quinton Martin. He's the class of 24, uh, best player in Pennsylvania. He's listed as an athlete, but it looks like he wants to play running back. Then you go to Texas and get Keandre Barker. He's a top 100 player for the class of 25 out of Texas, as I said. Then we talked earlier about the offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. It turns out he has a teammate who's a running back and a four-star running back by the name of Corey Smith, who is going to announce next Friday, April 28th, his destination. And a lot of the indicators are pointing at Penn State. Is there another position that is on fire like running back, Andy? It's it's RBU, right? It started with Saquon Barkley, kind of, right? Like that's when this sort of, you know, torrential tear started. Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, they planted the roots, the seeds, and 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 Cider's just, you know, he's kind of taken it to another level. And and don't forget, this has been a position that has been massively impacted by injuries and forced retirements, right? You almost forget that. Like this hasn't been a, you know, just a smooth, you know, upward sale. There has been some serious blows to that position at different points during this run. But at first you, when you, when you hear all this and and everything that you just listed, you have to think, what are these kids thinking? Right? Like, I mean, I know it's class of 24 class of 25 and, you know, you know, right now you can't see any forces in the trees in terms of, of time. But, you know, it's it's stacking good wood on top of good wood at this position in terms of talent and potential. And you have to kind of wonder how much opportunity really exists. And and that's where I think Jay Wan and Penn State have really excelled. Sharing the ball, the ball and the ability to make two running backs, no matter what two running backs it is, that combination of using more than one back in a full role, not just in a sort of complementary role, they've made it more relative and strong than any RB1. And I think they can push the envelope now with the way that they're recruiting and and make it three backs, like a third down back or a utility back, kind of like a nickel back. Think of it as a nickel back on defense. It's an important and clearly carved out and identified role and part of the offensive plan. It's just not the third back. Um, I think they're going to keep pushing the envelope, but to do that, you need resources. And the more options and resources you have, the more opportunity you have to make that happen. It's always better in that scenario. And they just keep stacking good wood on top of good wood. It's they're they're not only they're just killing it. They're absolutely putting together consistently now on a two or three year basis, one of the, if not the best running back rooms in the country. And Andy, to point out just this last year with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, they demonstrated a couple things. They demonstrated if you're a freshman, but talented, you'll get on the field. They demonstrated that, yep, we could have two star running backs. And they did with Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. 
Plus, if you talk to these kids, they want to play on Sundays. Guess yep. what? Not having to carry the load completely yourself, 30 carries a game, is actually going to help you for Sundays. Leave a little tread on the tires. So if you are currently a high school running back and you're looking at that current Penn State running back room, you're saying, that's where I want to be. There's talent. I'll get carries. I could get carries right away. I'm going to get prepared to play on Sundays. It, it's it's a great setup that they now have, and they have a lot of momentum. It's it's just fantastic as a fan to look forward to the next next couple of years. Let's RBU, move on. Jimmy. It's RBU. Well, there'll be some argument about other positions, too. We'll get to that. But uh, let's talk about, though, Andy, the quarterback competition. Uh-huh. And James Franklin has consistently called it a competition. Is it? James says it's a competition, so I'm taking that as word. I am. I'm, I'm sorry that I know everyone's like, uh, I don't know. But I am going to say this. So it to me, it's like the recreation of a movie based on a true story where you know the ending, right? Like, th- those are some good movies. You get to, like, enjoy the details and the time to the buildup. Even though you know the ending, like you know what happens at the end, it's like this feels like that scenario to me. Like, okay, last Saturday at Beaver Stadium and Spring Ball was all part of that. It's like the buildup. It is a competition, but we know it's almost like you feel like you know what the ending's going to be, but you should so remove that from the equation and take the other 89 minutes of the movie and enjoy that part of it because I really. I don't think there's a competition necessarily for the starting job. I think there's a competition for how this offense is game plan week to week. How much of Bo Prabula can he insert himself into the offense that's intentional and planned on a weekly basis? They clearly are exploring that. That's where I think competition, true competition, like you know, you and I think of it, that's where it comes into play in my mind. But the bigger competition that James wants to say, okay, I'm I'm not going to say it's not, but I also think it feels to me like the movie where I know what the ending's going to be. It's a little bit of coach speak, I believe, Andy, but it's okay. And, and I believe James Franklin has set the precedent. There's no incumbent starter. Sean Clifford is gone. And I, it was the same way, you know, after – Uh, Christian Hackenberg left the same thing after Trace McSorley left. We don't have an incumbent. So even though there was the next guy in the pecking order, like Drew Aller is this year, we're going to make you play it out. It's part of having to compete every day at practice. So it is good for, for both players. In addition, yes, it's good for Bo Prabula to get snaps with the first team. It's good to keep Bo Prabula around to, make him feel that he is in competition for this. Although I'm sure he knows what the reality of it, if it is. But my other question on this competition, Andy, is we're constantly told that there'll be uh, a package or play set up for Bo Prabula. What does that mean? Do you think there'll actually be games where, okay, first series of the second quarter, we're going to see Bo Prabula in? Is it a situation where on third and one, we're going to see, 
you know, like we did Will Levis, the quarterback with the ability to run the ball? Or will this be, we'll see packages where Bo Perbola is in the game along with Drew Aller? What are we going to see? So I think this comes down to a little bit of what I just said about the competition. This is this is where I think Bo Perbula gets to challenge himself. So what does it look like is what you're asking. It's going to be outside the pocket, right? It's going to be almost anything and everything outside the pocket for mix and match options because that is a clear and identifiable difference between Drew Iler and Bo Perbula, right? I think it's a little bit of a mini offense all its own. I, I, I think it's the base routes and the blocking isn't all new per se, because then you're going to just overload everybody. I think it's going to be, it can be limited, but it can be a very different package. It's a true RPO on every snap. Um, that's what I think will stand out the most because that's the way he plays quarterback. He's not just in there to run the ball. I, I don't think you do anything intentional and, you know, you know, sort of schedule it as part of the game plan to just put him in there to run the ball. Um, and I don't, think this is an in, in case we need it option either I don't think that's the best scenario for this offense uh, you know the in case means if the offense struggles and we put in for Bull and what we have for him I really think that Penn State's intention Mike Yurcich and James Franklin's intention is this for this to be planned practiced, and to play a role in the game from the start of the season I truly get the feeling that that they're looking to expand this offense by using the asset that they have. And it could also maybe open up some of the other receivers in a different way, possibly to get them on the field as well and put them in a good scenario. But I, I just think that is a, a good way to look at it. And I think to start with Bo, it's going to be outside the pocket and true RPO. Andy, I, I agree to an extent. I'm not as convinced we'll see as much of Bro. Bo Perbula, if Drew Aller is performing well, which we all hope he does. But I think the couple things that they're doing by having a quote-unquote package for Bo Perbula, it's like, okay, God forbid something happens to Drew Aller, Bo Perbula goes in, we've got plays designed for his specific skill set, we'll be ready. You know, I'm still suffering from that Iowa game a couple years ago. And they had a backup quarterback who was not prepared. I think that they're looking for that. I also have reached the point now with Mike Yursich that there's always seems to be some creativity. Last year it was, you know what? We have real good tight ends. We have real good running backs. We ended up with a T formation with two running backs and three tight ends in the game, Andy. He yep. accentuated the talent that he had. Yep. My question is, is he somehow going to be able to put both quarterbacks on the field and, you know, create some anxiety on the defensive side yep. of the ball with, oh, my goodness, what are they doing now? I can 100% see that happening, Jimmy. 100%. That's sort of what I see. It's not just an in-case option. You have that. But it's it's more this is to create another level of stress on your defense and uh, have a good day. 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> exactly, Andy. All right. That is going to be it for quarter number two in news and notes. Stick around. Next segment, we've got your questions, and we're going to ask Andy. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to take your questions for Andrew P. Shea in our segment we call Ask Andy. At the end of the segment, Andy's going to pick out the best question. And whoever that questioner is, they will win the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. That prize package includes their great coffee barbecue rubs, which we all love here. And if you want to send a question for Andy, and I encourage you to do that, best way to do it, download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button. Hit the button. And who knows, maybe next week we'll be asking your question. Andrew P., are you ready? I am ready, Jimmy. Let's roll. All right. And I think this may say probably more about me than the questioner, but I'm going to start with a question that's also about food. So we'll hit that. Brad from (laughs) Percocy, our good friend. Brad contributes a lot of questions. With the new TV deal, specifically CBS and NBC, will Penn State be forced to play night games in November, or does it still need to be approved by both teams? That's a has been a Big Ten conference rule. With that being said, which game is most likely to be the whiteout this year? Michigan, which by the way is in November, 
Iowa, or West Virginia? And which one do you want to be the whiteout? Finally, Brad, he gets in about his fourth question. What's the best tailgate plate? Give me one main meat and two sides. Let's start with the food question, Andy. A main okay. uh, meat and two sides. Uh, I want uh, smoked chicken, thighs, please. That is my main meat. My side is uh, coleslaw and macaroni and cheese. I think some excellent choices there. I think I might just say chicken wings because I just have that that inclination. Mac and cheese, an absolute fantastic choice. Now let's get to the uh, night game. And I did a little bit of research, so let me feel part of this question, Andy. Brad is referring to the rule in the Big Ten was you couldn't have a November night game unless both teams say okay. So, for example, this year, Penn State, playing in November against Michigan, Michigan would have to approve it for it to be the night game and whiteout. Well, let me just tell you how that would work out. No, Michigan would not agree to that ever, ever, ever. Now, though, because NBC has a contract for the uh, primetime evening slot and the number of games, although I couldn't find anywhere where the Big Ten announced it, that they would allow night games in November to fulfill the contract. I think they're going to have to. However, with that said, and you know how I feel about the big 10, Andy, I get the feeling if Michigan says they don't want to do it in November, it won't happen. If it were another team like Minnesota, they'd probably force them to do it. I, I agree with you on, on that front. I, I, I just, I just don't think you want primetime games in November because there's too many external factors that that take so much away from weather being obviously the main one that takes away from the actual football game, right? Like, okay, you can be impacted at weather at noon too, but man, you certainly have a higher level. You bring in the wind and cold and no sun and darkness, and that just brings in a whole other element. Night games in November, mid upper Midwest and Northeast, they're just they're a box of chocolates. So. The for 2023 whiteout game, give me Iowa, please, 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 pretty please, and and that prolific offense against Penn State's defense. You want to fire up a right uh, a whiteout crowd? Let's watch that defense feast on an offense that can that struggles to get first downs, let alone score points. And it ain't changing this year either. All that much they're going to have a new quarterback, but Iowa's still going to be built on what Iowa's built on: defense, special teams, and hard to beat. They're not going to run up and down on the scoreboard with you. That matchup at night, prime time, Penn State's defense, Iowa's offense, man, give me that one if you're a Penn State fan. I I agree, and I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think they would do it for the opener with West Virginia. I think Michigan in November would be a tough sell. I do believe Iowa in September. Plus, I like earlier in the season whiteouts where it's easier for people to wear white. The tailgating is better with the better weather in September. And I do also believe it should be pointed out, this year is the only year where you have NBC in primetime before you bring UCLA and USC into the conference. I suspect we're going to see, come the 24 season, those primetime games are actually 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. 
Yep. All right, Andy, let's get to David in Folsom, California, who says players and coaches use winter workouts and spring practice to prepare for the upcoming season. It would be interesting to hear what Steve Jones and Jack Ham do to prepare for the broadcast season. Now, I'm not sure exactly what Steve Jones and Jack Ham do, although we all know that they have more access to the practice, to the coaches, and so on. So I'm going to change the question a little bit. I'll ask you, Andy, as someone who's been covering high school and college football for many, many, many years. See, I'm aging you there, Andy. What do you do before the season to get ready? So you, you, oh my gosh, there's like a, a laundry list and it's based on the calendar. So you start with winter look workouts and you identify what, what you're looking for, what you don't understand and what you need answers to. And you're always looking for stuff that surprises you or stuff that is revealed in spring ball. You're looking for, uh, you're looking for outliers to either establish themselves or not establish themselves. That's what you're looking for. You have your known quantities. You're not looking at your known quantities. I'm sure Jack and Steve paid a lot of attention to the quarterbacks during the winter and through spring practice, because that's not really a quote unquote known quantity as a returning player. We know a little bit, but we certainly don't know enough, especially at that position. That one is one that you look for in spring ball. When you move through the summer, you look for, you don't get much, you don't do much during the summer. You set everything up for camp. For camp and me, it's all about identifying, clarifying battles. What are the spots that need to be filled and what are the options that you're looking at? And identify those and then those are what you focus on for the spring. That's just a short answer, David. But I I think that helps you understand because you, you don't disregard the known quantities but you don't really need to ha- rehash that because you know it's more you have to find what you don't know. And, you know, I'm going to kick in my two cents here, too, Andy, as you, you're the professional journalist, the professional guy following football. You've been writing about it, talking about it for years. I'm, I'm the football fan. But in doing this show over the last couple of years, let me share what I've learned as a way to watch or prepare. If you tape the games, and by the way, you could go different places and find a video of the last season's game. Go back. It's a way to fill that void during the summer. But watch the games differently. Watch the game watching individual players. For example, go back and watch some of those games and keep an eye on Abdul Carter. Watch where they position them. Watch for special situations, say third and short on offense, third and long on defense. Remember, we saw that T formation. We did a segment here uh, a month or so ago on the development of that T formation and the plays Penn State uses. Go back, rewatch those games, looking for specific things like that, and you get a new appreciation for it. What it also will do is make next year more interesting. When third and one comes up, you're prepared for what's going to happen. Plus, you can impress your buddies to say, hey, look out for this. That's what they did last year, right, Andy? In that same vein, Jimmy, I would say to break it down one one level further, it, watch games and watch different ones. If you want to learn about Penn State's left tackle, watch the Michigan and Ohio State games and watch Olu. That's all I'm saying. 
Just watch it. And then you'll and know. That's the, the point. You'll know. The point is so great. When you're caught up in the game live, Correct. you can't do that. Go back, Correct. watch the tape. You know how the game's going to end. Focus on things like the offensive line. But if you really, really want to have a lot of fun watching those tapes, watch Penn State's defense when the offense is in third and long. Look to see which players are in the game. Look to see who's on the line of scrimmage getting ready to blitz. See who drops. Trust me, you Mad will science. enjoy it. And it's an education. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to Sam in Milton, who says, we often hear about positions that need some help. How about ranking your top three position groups, Andy? Top three position groups that need help or top three position no, groups? No, no, no. Just top groups. We talk about defensive tackle, wide receiver. How about the like, other side? What are Penn State's three top position groups? Running back, linebacker, defensive end. That's easy. Running back, linebacker, defensive end. That's those are the three top three for me. That is hard to argue with. All right, let's go to the cornerbacks. Have a make a case. The corners, they have a case, but they're not quite there yet in my book. Well, I think the there's the short the running backs, the defensive ends. They are sure things, Andy. They they're have not. you know when you have two star running backs and essentially three star defensive ends. When I, I don't mean three-star, I mean three-quantity who are star players. And linebacker, my question will be depth. You know you have star quality there. Do you have the same depth you have in the other places? I think we. it just might be the case. Um, all right, let's go to Gary in Pottstown. And we got to do this quick. Who yep. else do you think is a threat to enter the portal? Forget names. How about position groups where you think we might see more transfers? Uh, safety. I think safety is a possibility. And I think wide receiver, obviously, is a clear-cut possibility. Those are the two spots for me that I think and, – and they're both different but because safety, I think, is more out of a little less room at the end. And I think at the wide receiver position, it's the inability to – advance yourself on the roster on the roster up the depth chart in any way shape or form i just think there's too much talent at, there's a lot of talent that it could be there and wide receiver it's not a lack of talent but it's a lack of clarity and i agree at safety maybe that because you could play so many guys rotate them in i'm not as sure about that at wide receiver yeah lack of clarity there's 12 guys there for three positions. Someone's getting passed by. Plus, James Franklin seems to have expressed some disappointment in their progress. All right, Andy, that's it for our quarter three Ask Andy segment. Stay tuned. Quarter number four, Andy will name the winner. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. 
Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the fourth and final quarter of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Andy. We just got done doing our Ask Andy segment, which means we need to pick out a winner. Andy, a winner. Do you hear me? We pick out one guy, one I, winner. Who is it going to be? I'm going to go with Sam and Milton. His question was pretty simple, but very strong and very succinct. So Sam and Milton. It was, and you had a very quick, succinct, succinct answer also. Sam and Milton will be getting in touch with you. You are the winner of the 409tailgateclub.com prize. All right, Andy. As promised, quarter number four, you, my friend, get the final word on the blue-white game. We've gone on about it throughout the week, but it's time to just tie a bow in it. I'm not looking for the game analysis. It, It doesn't deserve that anyway. But, Andy, in going through this, I'm going to put put it to you this way. Did we learn anything? Did we learn anything about anyone individually, any position group? What did you take out of it? Yeah, I, I didn't look at it that way. Did I learn anything? I just looked at things that um, I think moved themselves into either another, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely uh, known and known better, or, you know, this this still is a little unsettled. That might have been how I look at it. But I, 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 you know, I have five clear takeaways and they're all pointing forward towards the summer and then into fall camp in a way. So I keep them going forward, right? This has to be a forward moving train. But my top takeaway, and this is the captain's obvious one, just this, this defense is just going to be a wrecking ball and they're going to be able to do it about three or four different ways. They, they could torture an offense in a variety of ways and they might have more known depth and star power than pretty much anybody in the country, in my opinion. That's crazy. But 
And the defensive end position, trust me, see film of number 33 making life miserable all last Saturday afternoon for anybody that played left tackle across from him. And quarterback two, Bo Perbula, good lordy. I mean, 33, just see film of that, know what they already have in the known quantities and go, yep, this defensive end position is absolutely going to be a home wrecker. So that was my first takeaway. Well, for those of you who do not have your Penn State football program in front of you, yeah. number number 33 is denied Dennis Sutton, and he Stop. was unblockable. And I, I will also mention that you mentioned Bo Prabula, and I saw this last year. If you see any sign of weakness on the opposing team's offensive line or a backup or inexperienced quarterback in there, lots of luck. You saw yeah. it. You saw it in the Rose Bowl when the starting quarterback went out for Utah. That poor backup quarterback did not have a chance, and it just builds on itself. There's momentum that goes against that guy. Um, I don't know if this is one of your other four. I suspect it might be, but I'm going to ask the question because it's been kind of a theme in the show. It's come up a couple times. You call the wide receiver room, I think, unsettled. My question is, did did you get any more clarity? Not a single bit. Nope. Nope. It's a simple answer, Jimmy. I got none. I had no takeaways at the wide receiver position. I just think when I look at that position, what and and I think James James said it best. I I, I latched onto this when I when I saw the quote and I'm like, that's exactly true. James this is James what he t- said. He said, We've just got to grind through it. And we can't throw enough. Our quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, we cannot throw enough all summer. That says it all right there. That literally sort of states that unsettled nature. So anything take away from the wide receiver position, absolutely not in my book. Uh, Yes. And I said going into that game, I wanted to see somebody step up. Anybody, I don't care which one, but just somebody show me something. I do think Omari Evans showed pretty well. Uh, James Franklin acknowledged this, calling him, okay, maybe he's number three after the first two, the first two being Keandre Lambert-Smith and um, Trey Harrison, uh, Trey Wallace, excuse me. So it'll be interesting. And remember, we still have Dante Cephas yet to show up on campus. We'll get that soon enough. Let's go back to that other side of the ball, Andy, on defense. Maybe I'm just guessing a little bit to your your different things that you spotted. But I'm going to ask you about the young linebackers, not just Tony Rojas, but also Tamir Robinson, who was coming off a serious knee injury in high school. And he was actually on the field for this game, which was great to see. And Tony Rojas seems to be exactly what people were saying he was going to be. So I have two that I can give you when it comes to the linebackers. Yes, there was some takeaways on the defense. It starts with Tony Rojas. He will play linebacker this fall. That is a takeaway. I mean, he, the true, he's added 30 pounds since he arrived in January, and clearly this has not impacted his speed on the field in any way, shape, or form. This wasn't just a true freshman flashing, Jimmy. It was more of a, hey, you have a need on defense, coach? You have any need at the linebacker position on defense? I'm your guy. 
That's exactly what Rojas is showing in the spring game said to me. And he will play this fall. The other one I'd like to do it line I'd like to throw out to you at linebacker is it's about the coordinator. And I'm just gonna take a little liberty here. I'm gonna say he's watching some Dallas Cowboys defensive tape this offseason to see what the Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn does with another guy who wore number 11 for Penn State, that would be Micah Parsons. I think, man, he's going to watch some of that and learn what the number 11 for the Dallas Cowboys, if he can glean anything that he can do with the current number 11 that plays linebacker for Penn State, and that would be Abdul Carter. He's nearly 250 pounds now, Jimmy. He's almost as big as, he's as big as a Deese Isaac in terms of weight. He can line up anywhere within five yards of the line of scrimmage and create mayhem. I just think you're going to see Abdul Carter in some new and interesting and unique spots possibly in 2023 because he can and he can do it well and create mayhem. And I think the best example for Manny to get some sort of, you know, a little taste of what he might be, might be possibly want to do. Just go look and see what Dan Quinn does with Micah Parsons. That's an interesting take, Andy. And I'm going to take your take on that to segue to one of the things that I noticed in this game. With Abdul Carter last year, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's all of those things. But I think what impressed me most was, I'm going to call it anticipation. It's that moment when he was sitting in the middle of the defense And when it was time to react and go after the quarterback, there was no hesitation. He anticipated it. He reacted so quickly. I saw some similar things from K.J. Winston. When he was making plays, if you watched him, he was so quick to anticipate the play and make the play. I No, I'm not calling K.J. Winston the next Abdul Carter. I'm just saying he seemed to have that... um, skill set on a football defense, which is so important, which is to anticipate the play, react quickly to it. What did you think of that? Yeah. And I think you, he's got some flexibility too, and where you can put him on the field. Winston does. I I just think he's another guy that I think you're going to have to go to 20. He's one of the 20, right, Jimmy? He's definitely going to be one of the 20. I think Rojas, one of the 20. You could probably even go to 22, maybe even, Jimmy. Possibly, yeah, three defensive ends, four defensive tackles. Gosh, yeah. It won't be hard to get to 20. Well, let me just real quickly here, Andy, explain what you mean by that. I've been saying for months about this defense, there's not a starting 11. It's more like a starting 22 because they rotate so many guys in. They play so many guys you don't have as many players saying, oh, I'm a backup, so I, I may think about moving on. If you've got 22 guys who you know they are going to get on the field, and what I pointed out earlier in the week, which I think is worth repeating, some of these players that we are talking about, K.J. Winston, uh, Tony Rojas, these are players who aren't going to be part of what would be a starting 11. Quite can deny Dennis Sutton probably will not be on the starting 11 because you have Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac there. Now, he's going to rotate in and play like a starter, but that just shows how deep and good this defense is. Anyway, Andy, you said you had five takeaways. I'm not sure we hit all of them. Here's my chance to let you 
hit your other takeaways. All right, I got two more quick ones for you, and I'll just so don't sleep on the punting game this offseason. I know it's guys who kick the ball, and generally football fans are like, oh, my gosh, you're going to talk about kickers and punters. But to me, this was the single worst performance from any position or group in the in last Saturday. I mean, there was no rush or pressure, and there were so many dud kicks. I'm not saying it's a make-or-break type thing, but at the expectation level and where this team is going to be and the expectations that rightfully will come with it, there are too many signs this could be a potential boat anchor. So I'm saying don't sleep on the punting game. Don't make it a high priority and like, oh, I got to you know get you know all deep into my Penn State punters. Just keep an eye on it. Listen to what James is saying and see if, they're fi- if there's any progress. It's still got summer in camp, but in terms of a first look with needing to replace a really good punter, this was not a good look at all. So that was my one thing. And the other one goes to the quarterbacks. It was a mixed bag from the Greenhorn quarterbacks, right? Some good, some bad. You know, it was a full mixed bag. The defense was really busy putting on a show, both of them, the blue one and the white one. They were both putting on a show. So... This was expected. This is not a surprise. I didn't see, I didn't have any alarms going off, Jimmy. I didn't go like, so it was a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, but there were no alarms going off. That means progress is being made. There was never any high expectations you should have had of these quarterbacks at the end of 15 practices. I didn't have any, and it was exactly what I thought it would be and look like. And there is some progress and some good to be taken away from that. So those are my final two. Very good, Andy. I'm with you on the quarterbacks. I'm not sure. And and I said this before the game. I don't really care whether if Drew Allo goes 10 for 10 or 1 for 10, it's not going to change my opinion of him. I'm going to look for certain individual things. I think he was still a little excitable. I think he even admitted that. So there were some simple passes he'd make nine out of 10 times that he didn't make. That's just part of the process. All right, though, that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. 
Penn State football news 52 weeks a year. Count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.